Welcome back to Victory Wednesday or Thursday if you're listening to this podcast. Northern Steel episode 52. The Mike Webster episode. The, also the... Actually, I don't think they've given out a number after Mike Webster retired. <laughs> I, I, I don't think another person has worn 52. Welcome to episode 52. Here's my co-host, Chris. Chris, say a little hello, something. Hello. Yeah, it's it great. It's good to be back. We're back. Oh. <laughs> We're back. We're back. I uh, don't want to have Chris talk too much. You don't want to stress those beautiful vocal cords out. But we're going to talk a little bit about the Steelers' first preseason game, a little bit about training camp this week, and then previewing this week's preseason game, week two, against the Buffalo Bills. Now, I don't know if you saw the first preseason game, boys, girls, ladies, gents, but the Steelers won, and they won handedly. Yes, they did. Why don't you tell the people some of the things that you remember from that game and some of the things that you loved about watching in that game? (laughs) Well, there's so many things to state from that game itself and so many great things that there are to touch up on. I mean, first off, let's just start with this first team offense that we had out there. Kenny Pickett came into this game on a mission, all right? He went in there slinging the football. This is... A brand new Kenny Pickett from what we saw last season. He was throwing it so hard. Every throw was on a rope to the receiver. Uh, You could definitely tell his arm power just improved immensely from last season. It's all that work he's putting in. Mm -hmm. So the offense was clicking on all cylinders. We were moving the ball. uh, And especially that strike to George Pickens to end the drive for that touchdown. What a beautiful what a beautiful play that was. And going in for six, uh, couldn't have asked for a better first drive from that first team offense. Uh, beautiful so, throw, beautiful plays. I was erect. It was a great time in Steeler Nation to be watching that first drive. Six or seven, 70 yards. I mean, the key word there, like Chris said, with his arm strength is velocity. This boy was throwing the ball with some heat. You look at plays from last season to even this first preseason game, and there's a noticeable difference on how hard Kenny Pickett can throw the football right now. And it is so yes. awesome. And I just am so excited to see more of it. So uh, literally, Saturday cannot come soon enough. And big test this weekend, too. And uh, we'll preview, I mean, training camp is still going on. And and we'll go back to some more of Chris's thoughts on this game. But I have been hearing that offense has not been looking good this week. Looking very sluggish, looking very confused, looking like they don't know what to do. So we'll see how Saturday goes. This is not it's going well. Uh, Kenny, I hear Kenny's playing all right, but the whole offense as a whole looks pretty rough. So we'll see how Saturday goes. Hopefully they can turn around for game time at least. But anyways, Chris, back to week one against the Bucks. What else did you like? Uh, can I, I just want to give a shout out also to all of our rookies uh, that week one of, of the preseason. And they all looked fantastic. They fit into their position so well, and they all made splash plays to all yes, the sir. ones who did participate. Unfortunately, Joey Porter did not play due to injury. Uh, so that was, you know, still, still have yet to see what he can do and excited to see how he's going to play this next week now that he's back and practicing. But just going down the list, 
right? So we got uh, Keanu Benton who showed up in a big way uh, in preseason game one. Uh, there was a drive where I'm pretty sure he uh, contributed to every single play on their three and out. It was unreal. Yeah. He created a wall. He got into the backfield. Tackles for loss constantly. I think Keanu Benton is going to find his way to that starting spot come the start of the season. And I think if he plays anywhere like he did this first preseason game, you're going to be hearing a lot about him. And I don't know, our, our uh, run defense is going to be uh, something to like the talk of the town for sure. He was the best defensive player on the field. He had three tackles, one tackle for loss. He was dominant. Just flat up, straight up, flat out, dominant. Uh, he was, cons- like, Chris, or like Chris said, consistently pushing into the backfield of the offense, causing disruptions. I mean, uh, we were hyped watching that. Watching 95 yeah. constantly in the backfield on that. And he did hurt his ankle in that game, which was unfortunate that they had to take him out. He has not, uh, he has been in pads the past two days. He's not actually practiced in full yet. But look for him to hopefully be able to play against the Bills. And, you know, if, if not, it is what it is. Because after seeing what we saw, I'd rather have him healthy than to force him out there. Absolutely. And then moving on, you have Mount Washington himself. And and Darnell, to me, in this first game, wasn't necessarily more of a receiving threat, which he, Dom and I never really thought that was going to be the case. However, uh, I think he where he really stood out was in his blocking game, being that uh, sixth lineman is what they've been calling him. And, and gosh, he was so dominant. There's so many highlights of him literally pancaking defenders and opening up lanes, like getting out there, especially on the Calvin Austin jet sweep. Like he was the first person out there to create a big impact block. And, you know, they got out there. I think he did end up making one catch for about 12 yards. That's kind of how I expected Nine yards. Nine, Nine yards. yards? But but that's kind of how I expect him to be this season. Like I said before, he's not going to be a high-volume guy catching the football, but I do think he's going to be more of that, like, you know, run-heavy blocking dude just because he's so big and strong, but he's also going to be that red zone threat because he's so tall. Literally, there's a play today where he made a really impressive one-handed grab uh, in the corner of the end zone. I believe it was a fade route that he that he ran Um you know, obviously, it was just practice, no defenders, but at the same time, it, it says a lot if you can have a, a guy that big be that athletic and be able to make such big plays like that. So, um, Mount Washington, I, uh, I'm i going to stick with that name. I'm not going to give him Darnell. I, he's a mountain. That dude is gigantic. I think um, we'll be able to watch him more as the games go on, as the season goes on, be able to run routes and catch passes because yes, he only, he only did one catch for nine yards, but as we've seen in practice, he can create separation. He can run routes, but uh, he's, I think he will be using the red zone. Like Chris has mentioned before in the past, and he is a very good run blocker. Now he did have one bad block to a run to the outside to the left, but then we saw him on multiple occasions, uh, multiple occasions destroy the entire line that he was on on the sides to free up some good running lanes and some good holes. So that was really good. And I want to point out when I talked about the route running, there was a point when Mason Rudolph was in the game where he did run uh, an up and out or like a kind of like a post. 
and the pocket was already kind of co- was already collapsing. Was and Mason folded. Yeah, Mason folded under pressure oh. too fast, and um, I think he got sacked potentially. Uh, I do want to say just would have stayed in, if he would have stayed in the pocket though, he, he could have thrown it to to Darnell there. So. Oh, absolutely, he could have. But I do want to say on that play, I am 100% blaming Kendrick Green on that because technically, even though it was Broderick Jones' guy, if you watch that, the dude literally like uh, screened Broderick Jones oh, we'll <laughs> on that, that play. We'll oh, yeah. Let's, I, absolutely. <laughs> um, but speaking of Broderick, uh, I'd say a pretty solid performance for him. Obviously, his pass pro, you know, they need a little bit of work, but... Coming into that game, you know, you, you kind of saw a little bit of everything out of Jones, right? I, I think he showed areas of where he excels at and the reasons why we drafted him because he's big and strong and he's mobile. And and obviously, I think those are, are big things to have for our left tackle position. Uh, and then you just saw, you know, a little bit of uh, rookie mistakes in there. You know, some guys would get through kind of later in the game. I don't know if he was just tired and fatigued, but obviously that can't happen throughout the season. You can't be letting up these late game pressures, late game sacks, letting guys in there, you know, and, and he's someone who, you know, especially this week, seeing a lot of reports, he's getting out there. He's practicing. Him and Dan Dan Moore are, are constantly helping each other out, trying to, you know, be it'd be better. And so I really like that relationship that they're building. Um, but I, I want to say Broderick Jones, I would, I'd say did a pretty decent job, uh, week one. Yeah. I wrote down solid, very solid. Yeah. Um, he didn't give up a lot of pressure. He did late in the game, maybe because of stamina, you know, maybe not used to playing that full game yet, but, um, because he had some ugly reps, ugly reps towards the end, but he played a lot, pretty much held his own the whole time. Didn't really give up that much pressure. But at the same, as solid as he was, I would say that the the key thing is that he wasn't he wasn't dominant yet. So no. was there was there a clear reason to start him over Dan Moore right now? I would say no, which is fine. We have talked about that consistently and a lot, and it's one of those things where do you throw him into the fire by playing him against Nick Bosa and Miles Garrett first in the season, or do you kind of let Dan Moore do his thing and maybe? work Broderick in there later towards the year. So, uh, but I thought he played solid. I think that's another, I mean, every, all these players are, that's why we, we shared the list last week. All these players are people to keep looking forward to every game to see how they keep contributing, hopefully improving and, uh, getting better. Yeah. I see you're just kind of going through the rookie list. I was kind of hoping you'd go through the top plays of the game, but feel free to keep going on. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> okay. I just, uh, I feel like we got to highlight, you know, these players because they're obviously highly anticipated, right? We, we, we drafted yeah. them, they're the new guys. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, we will. I, I also have the whole list of players to look out for us. So I was going to run through all those, but yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's only really one more guy on my list that I think is even worth mentioning. In fact, I think he's uh, the guy true. who did the best out of our entire rookie class last week. Not true. Benton, Benton did, but go on. This guy was second best. Okay, come on. I mean, Her- Nick Herbig, he uh, he made a name for himself last week. He did. I mean, he every, definitely did. Everything that you read about, every every tweet that we saw about how he's working with TJ, getting that ghost move, and now he's working with Alex Heisman, trying to perfect the spin move. He's, he's leaning in on the veterans, and it's really showcasing it, especially in this first game. This dude was on fire. I mean... I, for one thing, have always been really big on Nick Herbig, 
But something that always concerned me a little bit is like, he's a smaller guy. He's not super big by any means. That did not matter week one. He's pushing over guys. He's getting past them left and right. I think he had, what, one and a half sacks last week? Yes, he had three tackles, one and a half sacks, one tackle for loss. That's fantastic. I mean, he he definitely got in there. And also only played 14 snaps. That's insane. uh, Yeah, uh, yeah, he was. I don't know why it took him so long to get Nick in the lineup, and I don't know why they didn't play him that much either. But for playing fourteen snaps and having three tackles and one and a half sacks and a one tackle for loss, I mean, he definitely made his mark quickly, and he was in the backfield yeah. the whole time. If we we us getting T.J. Highsmith and now Herbig into that uh, rotation, you know, this is something Dom and I have talked about for the last couple of years, especially when we had like. Uh, Gordon, you know, in, in in our rotation, and you know, other guys as well. We were just like, dude, is this it? Is this, are we finally gonna have a good rotation? Now's the time because we've he he has shown it. I know it's preseason, and I know they're probably weren't against the best guys. But if he keeps improving and and doing the things that he is, I don't know what you do as an offense if you have three studly guys coming in there to rush you. So. I, I want to give my shout out to Nick Herbig on last week's performance. I think he did fantastic. Yes, it's a toss up between him and uh, Benton because Benton did really, really well. I do not want to discredit him, but uh, for me, I'm going to give my uh, rookie of the game to Herbig. Who's Gordon? Uh, Melvin Gordon? Um, no, Melvin Ingram. Ingram, my bad, my bad. <laughs> Whoops. I was, Gordon's just, running I was stuck, back. <laughs> I was stuck on that the entire time. You were like, when we had the backup of Gordon, I was like, who's Gordon? Yeah, my bad. I uh, I got those guys mixed up a few times. <laughs> Melvin Ingram, uh, they share the first name. It's fine. They, you know, yeah, it is what it yeah. is. Yeah, that's fine. They're the same yeah. person. <laughs> Uh, that it, we'll go through some more players there. I know there's one more in the draft class. I I can we can talk about, but uh, if you want to keep going about the rest of the game, Chris, feel free to do so. Uh, dude, I I'll just kind of say broad statements, and we can kind of touch on the guys that you said. But like, um, preseason is always a lot of fun because obviously we can watch all these guys, all the new free agents, rookies. Uh, it just kind of see how they play, and we can also watch our depth. And I think that's something that we look forward to the most is because history shows whenever we've, uh, you know, encountered injuries or things like that, um, we, I know it's always uh, next man up, but uh, next man up has always been a Walmart employee for us for the most part. So, um, you know, it's, it's just exciting to see these guys and see how they're able to play. Um, And I'd say, and things were explosive throughout the whole game. You know, maybe they slowed down a little bit at the end, especially getting fourth string Tanner Morgan in there for offense and even, Ugh. you know, just defensive four stringers. You know, it's not going to be the prettiest ball ever, but the fact that we got through three solid quarters of explosive plays showcasing people's, you know, star qualities and, and attributes, um, I was very, very happy on both sides of the ball with 
starters, backups, and third stringers, I feel like everyone did a phenomenal job last week. Yeah, I think that's something I was saying too to when I was talking about this um, earlier this week to some other Steeler fans was I, like I was pretty happy with everything I saw, everything I wanted to see, everything I was kind of paying attention to that we talked about that we to look out forward to in a general sense. I was overall left positive in a happy mood about what I saw happen on the field. And hopefully that continues to keep improving and keep getting better as the season goes on. But yeah, definitely agree. Do you should I, do you want me to go into individual players from the list and, and kind of it, it'll kind of refresh people about who are watching here and we can talk about what I saw from those games. I'm at it. So we talked about the most most of the rookies. Chris mentioned JPJ did not play because um he was injured, we found out right before kickoff, which is very disheartening and sad, but he should be back this week. Uh, Spencer Anderson rounds out our draft class from this past year, and um, he played very late in the game. He played pretty much every position. <laughs> that was the whole point of why they drafted him. Very versatile. Uh, he was pretty hard to keep track of. Now, when I don't hear his name and I don't hear about how bad it can be, that's a good thing sometimes when it comes to linemen. As I always say that about cornerbacks, too. If you don't hear their name, sometimes it's a good thing. So I didn't really hear a lot from Spencer Anderson. But I think, I mean, people are, uh, there was an article today that his coaches love him. So I love what you said, too, because I didn't hear anything about JPJ. So he must have did really well oh, sitting yeah, totally. on the bench. Really, you know, really really good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on to the free agent acquisitions we had this year. Pat Pete did not play a lot of the... A lot of the main Pro Bowl starters, especially on defense, didn't play. Uh, Nate Herbig, he moved around a lot, kind of. Um, played center, played some guard, uh, both side guard. Didn't notice anything bad from him, so that's a plus in my book. Nothing egregious from him so far. Cole Holcomb, we talked about we wanted to see all the linebackers play. Cole Holcomb actually played a lot with the first-team defense. Uh, he had two tackles, and uh, he was kind of all over the field in the run game in the past game that's kind of what we had heard from training camp he wasn't as impactful as i would hope he'd be but he wasn't terrible either um he was definitely like very solid at communicating but i do remember he did miss one really bad tackle in the hole <laughs> one time that was like the running lane came right up and he missed that one uh but at the same time i i can't say i was too disappointed with what i saw yet from cole holcomb uh landon roberts only had two snaps and so he had one tackle with his two snaps. Uh, I wrote down, honestly, didn't notice him on the field. <laughs> and that was because he only had two snaps. Yep. Uh, just to round out the linebackers, um, Quan Alexander had a great game. He had two tackles, one tackle for a loss, and that dude was flying. He, probably, he should have had two tackles for a loss, but they called a penalty on that, which was a pretty bogus penalty. And he was just making plays. He was fast. He was not afraid to dive into the pile to create uh, a blocking of a run lane, to create disruption, to to cause panic from the linemen and the run team and everybody involved. And we've been missing that for a while. And I really, really, really hope that can happen all year because after watching players like, unfortunately, Devin Bush, uh, who kind of sit back on their heels and wait for the and flat footed and wait for the place to come to them? It was really nice to watch a linebacker again just blitz in there with no regards for their safety or health or their well being <laughs> and try to make a play on the opposing um, ball carrier. 
Um, who else we got? We got Isaac Sumalo. He only played the first series with the first team offense with Kenny Pickett. And I mean, they got a touchdown. So what more do you want from me? <laughs> That's yeah, how the pocket exactly. was clean. Nothing more to ask right now. So, well, I'll put some more notes as we as he keeps playing some more. Uh, Braden Fehoko had one pass defense. So Fehoko is someone in training camp. We've heard a lot about of him, like closing up run lanes and pulling over under linemen. And I was very excited. But now after watching this Bucks game and hearing more about training, how training camp's going, I think I'm just more worried about our linemen than I am more excited about Fehoko's talent. <laughs> because, because they're still talking about Fehoko destroying our linemen this week in training camp, but Fehoko was getting absolutely demolished against the Bucks. He's getting pushed back five to six yards down the field consistently. He was never in the running to make a play at the line of scrimmage. Um, I'm hoping that can change. He definitely needs a bounce back this week against the Bills. Uh, Keanu Neal did not play. Braden Mann punted the whole time. Presley Harvin didn't play. Six punts, 45.7 yard average, long of 51. Is, I wrote down, this is what I wrote. Am I impressed? Is this good? Time will tell. <laughs> I don't know yet. Allen Robinson, I wrote down he was there. <laughs> he played the first yep. series, no, t- no targets. Uh, Shannon Sullivan, two tackles. I didn't see anything egregious from Shannon Sullivan, so I think he played solid, I think. Played slot pretty well. Um, Hakeem Butler, he had one catch for 17 yards and one tackle on special teams. He played with Tanner Morgan mostly, so he didn't get to do much, but he did have a drop. It wasn't really that impressive. Hopefully he can do more this coming week against the Bills. Marcus Golden, the other outside linebacker, because this is just talking about uh, rotation uh, depth on the outside position and rotational pieces. And he had two tackles. He didn't play very long, but I thought he was okay. I thought he was pretty solid. He didn't make a giant impact, but I mean, I noticed him there. He didn't make a giant impact, but we didn't have anybody in our, in our starting secondary, really. And Baker was just kind of dicing him up at that point. So, I don't know. I, I thought he did okay. I'm excited to see more from him as well, too. But I, th- I, but I, I still think it's a solid rotational piece to have. Um. Do you have any thoughts about some of those free agents, Chris, before I move on to the next one? And I keep talking this whole time. <laughs> no, you're kind of hitting the, you know, nail on the head there. I I, I think all your notes are uh, pretty exact to what I'm thinking. I mean, heck, we watched the game together, didn't we? We sure did. We sure did. Held hands. All the time. Held hands the whole Snuggled. time. Maybe nuzzled. Oh, oh. We oo-wooed a bit. You football fans know what that is? <laughs> and canceled. There it is. On to the 2022 draft class. Chris talked about it. The man, the myth, the legend. Both of them, actually. Kenny Pickett and George Pickens. We don't have to go over it again. They were great. They had a great game. I wrote down for Kenny, quote, in my quotes, you can quote me on this, new media, <laughs> news media. <laughs> this boy's got some zip, baby. Comfortable, command, confident. Easy, breezy, cover girl. George Pickens, one catch, <laughs> three yards, one touchdown. He took one slant, catch to the crib. Can you say yak? I can. We're hoping for more of that this year. Next up there from the class is DeMarvin Leal. He had five tackles, one tackle for loss. He was a really good gang tackler, in my opinion. He was really good. Like, he didn't really, he wasn't dominant on his own. He was never back there. I think he was back there. He, like, caused his he own disruption sack. on his own. 
Well, that's I mean, I think he caused well on a tackle for loss. He had um, his one tackle for loss. That was his. You're right. He did have a half sack. I didn't put that on there. But he um, he did uh, was dominant on his own, breaking through the line to stop the running back in the backfield. But for the most part, he was just really good at plugging the gaps and and stopping where the run schemes are going to go and closing down the gaps for the quarterback so someone else could get in there. And he, but he, and he wasn't pushed around. I think that was the best part. Where like Fehoko was pushed six yards in the field, DeMarvin wasn't pushed around. So I would say keep going. I'm excited to keep seeing more of him. He wasn't super dominant, but he was very, very, very solid as a person in there to hold the line at the line of scrimmage. Then you got my boy, Mr. Roadrunner himself, Calvin Austin. Two carries, 23 yards, two receptions, 73 yards, one touchdown. Let me take you back to last week. During the podcast, I said, my prediction, Calvin Austin gets a jet sweep and a deep bomb. And what do you get, Chris? A jet sweep and a deep bomb, baby. That's right. And this boy is fast. We know he's fast. He is fast. The jet sweeps were really good. The deep bomb was even better. Got separation just based on speed. Just ran by that man. And left him in the dust. Uh, mm-hmm. Welcome back to the NFL, Calvin Austin. It was great to see you play. I'm excited to see more things that you can do in the future. And um, uh, there was, oh, and he could have had more catches if Mitch Trubisky's bum ass didn't throw a pick to Cody White and threw to Calvin Austin over the middle. <laughs> that is so true. Also, we do have to give a little bit of love to the man who threw that beautiful ball. He does not get a yeah. lot of love. Often, in fact, he gets so much hate. He's like the Rebecca Black of the Steelers. Um, Whoa. And they put on Friday. They did. Wow, what a quinkadink. <laughs> uh, Mason Rudolph with the beautiful pass. He he saw, you know, rushers come at him, you know, literally in his face, about to tackle him, and he just lobbed this beautiful pass right to Calvin yep. Austin. Yep. Say less, you know, uh, give him credit because that was great to all you who are like, oh my God, with Mason sucks, whatever. Listen, he's our third string quarterback, and I would much rather have him at third string than anybody else. So, especially than Tanner Morgan, who I'll get to in a second. Uh, Connor Hayward, one carry for five yards at the half pack fullback position. He did play some fullback and he had two receptions for 34 yards. Um, he was our second leading receiver on in the game. And he picked up right where he left off last year. I'm talking dependable Connor Hayward. You cannot keep this man off the field. I do not care about how many tight ends we have on here. This dude is dependable and he makes catches in crucial situations. I think both his catches came on third down. And they were third and longs. I mean, the dude just makes plays. He's a football player. I like what I see from Connor Hayward. I like him. He's great. Uh, last but not least in that draft class is Mark Robinson. He had six tackles. I wrote down, sure he made, sure he made tackles. <laughs> I, you can tell my disdain. I I don't hate Mark Robinson, but a lot of people hype him up a lot, and I just I'm not there yet. He's got a lot to learn. Uh, I said, yep, he made tackles. Well, only, but uh, only one sticks out to me as good tracking. I remember he tracked the guy to the sideline really really well. That was a good tackle. He didn't do bad at all, but he wasn't amazing either. 
He's that's raw. That, I mean, I think that's the best way to put it. Mark Robinson is raw. And I mean, they, and the Steelers see that. I think they see the potential. We all see the potential in Mark Robinson. The dude is, uh, you know, can bench press a car and can lay the lay the boom for sure. But like, if we can coach him up and, and get him to be that stud linebacker that everyone wants him to be, I'm all for it. I'm just saying he has a lot of rawness to him in his game. It can be developed. Just got to yep, keep open. Definitely. Definitely. From the 2021 draft class, Najee, I have on here because we're still trying to see how he does with this new line and how he can keep improving. Um, he played in the first series only. He had one reception for negative one yards. Kenny's worst decision of the night. Um, terrible to throw it to him as the whole team gain tackled him. And then he didn't run the ball at all. So that was it. So not, not much to say. Uh, I'm going to skip this person. <laughs> Next is Isaiah Loudermilk. He had three tackles, one tackle for a loss. Very solid. I'm excited about the depth that he provides. He was kind of like Leal, but a little bit less in terms of pushing the line, but he was very, but he, but he held his ground. I thought it was very solid. Trey Norwood didn't play. Presley Harvin didn't play. Back to the other player on my list, the guy who we were excited about last week, who just shot our hopes and dreams right in the freaking head. It is Mr. Kendrick Green, who did not play fullback, who did not play in the backfield. He played center the entire time, and he was absolutely horrendous at center. What else Dom, is new? I just, I just, I just don't know how one person. Bro, hold who... on, I'm, I'm allergic to his play. Oh <laughs> God, I'm allergic to this man. Go on. God, I just don't know how a person can literally play college ball, be recognized for his play at the position enough to be drafted in the third round, and be that bad. Like, listen, I, I've seen bust before, but like, you know, they'll make a play occasionally, but they just don't live up to their draft hype or like the positional needs. You know, maybe if KG was like an undrafted, like a guy who came during a Steelers workout one time who just happened to make the team, uh, who like was the son of Art Rooney because that's, <laughs> they're just like, hey, give him a chance or whatever. But he's not he, he that. Should've... He should have went undrafted. <laughs> Gosh dang it. He should have went undrafted. There's so many better centers in that entire draft class. We passed up yeah. on him. But you know what? Guy is just disappointing. This dude can't block. He gets he gets pushed to the ground immediately. He he screens our own players. His that bad snap that he had? Dude, oh I God. was so beside myself in that moment I said get this man out of here or get him in the backfield because that's the only place where I want to see him is running the ball because he can't he can't mess that up Kenny he caused three negative plays back to back to back I believe he had a holding then he had the fumble and then he let up a sack and I was like brother get this man off the field Listen, if this man, if the Steelers do not give him a chance and put him at fullback, he will not be on this roster going into no the season. Mark, no mark chance. My, I, like, I'm not even trying to be mean or anything. I'm just saying like he does not deserve a spot playing the way he does. If we get him at fullback when he weighs 300 pounds, sure, yeah. yeah it's an easy, easy transition. I think that's a great move. He's not going to be on the team if he stays at uh, center. 
Uh, so your move, Steelers, but he is a bad, bad man, and I don't mean that in a positive <sighs> way at all. No, not at all. Well said. Uh, the next draft class is 2020. Yes, we're still looking at 2020 draft class. Yes, we only have two players in that draft class, and one of them is really good. So I didn't. We're not kind of. We're not talking about him. We're talking about Anthony McFarland Jr. And this Yay. man went off, baby. Three carries, 18 yards, one touchdown. His touchdown was a 14-yard scamper to the house. One reception, five yards. My running back three. Easy 14-yard touchdown. Let's see more. Absolutely. I couldn't say it better myself, and I know you were like literally like that is Dom's guy. For anyone who who cares or, or is like, hey, who who's one of Dom's favorite players? I'd, I put Amac up there immediately. He's been rooting for him since day one. I, I, just, think think, we, I just think he brings a lot to the table. He's not going to play a lot. That's fine. I just, I just think I just I don't think he's as bad as for the lack of playing time he's received. But man, that's what I think. But man, he had that breakaway speed. God, that was a beautiful play, wasn't it? Going to the sure outside. Was. How there was did did nobody catching him? Nobody at all. As soon as he got to the outside, I was like, "That's ah, done. Touchdown. Easy. Done. Easy. 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 Easy." Last but not least, on the players to look out for are our UDFA's or our randos for people who just got signed from someplace who knows where. We got Tanner Morgan. Out of U of M, Skiuma. More like Skiu, God, Jesus Christ. He was five for eight, 36 yards, and a pick. Played, I wrote, played for too damn long. (laughs) 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 He had more, he had more snaps in this preseason game than he's ever had in practice. So, it was, it was a rough time for him. I don't, I mean, look, I'm not hating on him. Just a rough time, rough game for him. Uh, the funny thing about this, though, if you guys were watching the Bucks game, was it was it was Bucks announcers because this played in Tampa, and they were like, "Man, this defense has really come alive since Tanner Morgan came in the game." Yeah, God, I hope so. Jesus Christ, <laughs> I'd hope they'd play better. Uh, you also got David Perales, number forty. He had one tackle. He played with the quote unquote ones, but probably shouldn't have. He provided some pressure twice. He wasn't that bad. But I'm definitely looking for more from him to kind of put more on his resume as we keep going. Because he's the guy who's trying to make the team. Because we also have Quincy Roche on the outside as well trying to make the team. Uh, Kenny Robinson, he had four tackles. I didn't really notice him. But the secondary was getting lit up all day. Uh, Madre Harper, he had three tackles, one pass defense. C above note, as in I didn't notice him. And secondary was getting lit up. Luke, uh, how do you say his name? Barco? Arku. Sure. I don't know, brother. He, I wrote down. This is what I wrote in quotes. No stats. Did he play? Who knows? <laughs> I, I don't know if he played. <laughs> uh, Pierre. James Pierre. Been on our team for a while. That dude. That boy got lit up. I think he gave up six catches for like 97 yards. Perfect pass rating. Not great for him. Not looking good for our backup pass defenders. Should have signed Marcus Peters when we had the chance. Jalen Warren, last one on the, on the list. Three carries, 13 yards. Didn't play much because they know he good. Only bad play was not chipping the linebacker, which he normally does on a pass play, and then not turning around to catch the ball from KP in said pass play, but uh, made his uh, was really good at creating his own yards like he normally is. 
dude's a beast like he always is but those are how those guys did this past week those are guys to keep looking out for and a name i didn't put on here and i probably still not going to is of a guy who has been doing well in that game and in training camp is elijah riley he's with the team last year i would say to continue looking out for him in the safety slot cornerback spot because this dude keeps making plays picked off uh ball today i believe or maybe yesterday with mitch trubisky so keep out looking out for elijah riley as well all right, Dom. So obviously that was a great assessment of everybody that we had to touch up on. Obviously we could keep going back in draft classes, probably back to 2008, but we're not going to do that because we no. have things to do, people to see. But I'm uh, I'm going to throw something your way, uh, kind of make yes. you think on your feet a little bit. Uh, but I want to discuss the winners and losers of the Steelers' first preseason game. I want to limit you to three on both sides. For So three for winners, three for losers. Who do you got? And uh, maybe a brief, brief, brief why. Oh, okay. Uh, offense, winners, here you go. Put this in your, put this in your butt. Only three. Keep it in. Only pick three. Yeah, I got it. Uh, Kenny, for sure. We wanted him to be efficient and score his first drive. He did. Scored a touchdown. Looked confident, looked efficient. That's a winner. Number two is Calvin Austin. We were excited to see him play. Had some good jet sweeps. Had the deep bomb. That's definitely three for sure. Or two for sure. Number the Yeah. <laughs> Whatever I <Yeah>. said. <laughs> <laughs> and the last player, I got to say, man, on the offense. It doesn't have to be offense. It could be offense or defense. Oh, wait. You I'm said three winners- total? Yep, three total. Oh, shoot. Okay, no, no. Let's, okay, then I'm going to do defense, and I'm going to do, oh, God. Okay, I'll do, I mean, I can do three on defense, to be honest. I, but, ju- I, ju- I That's not the rules. Just three winners oh of God. the entire Steeler team that, that first preseason game. We, we could be here all day if we wanted to name all the winners and losers. Fine, 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 fine. I'll do Keanu. There's okay. Moreland. Keanu played a great game. I think he really showed people that he could start on the D-line, and if he's causing pressure like that and disruption like that on a line that is going to feature Cam Hayward, hopefully Larry Ogunjobi, who dude's in a goddamn walking boot again, and TJ and Highsmith, I mean... Come on. The the gloves are off, man. All right, three losers. You want them? Uh, Sure, do or do you want me to give you my winners first? Oh, yeah, yeah, you do your winners. All right, so my winners, you actually took a couple of them, so uh, I don't know yeah. how, how much I want to do that. Um, so I'll switch it up a little bit. My first winner of the game is Quan Alexander. I think that dude was electric, man. He was all over That's the field. He's exactly what we have been missing at that middle linebacker position. He had a horrible call put on him, but a great tackle in the open field. is stupid, like, unnecessary roughness or some BS call. They're, the refs are in preseason, too. We all have to remember that. So they, they're not making the right calls. But Quan Alexander, definitely making his presence known. Uh, I will steal and say uh, Calvin Austin. That Finally, yep. we get him back. Finally, we get to see that that breakaway speed and his presence in the game. God damn, he just left that dude in the dirt. It was a beautiful play. Honestly, amazing. Uh, you know, I did have Benton, but I'm actually going to give and spread my love back to the offense, and we're going to go with uh, Aunt Mac. Uh, just because 
he did have that great of a game. Uh, you know, he he had that one long run. He did only have three carries, but he had a six-yard average with a touchdown, uh, that that 14-yard sprint out. So very impressive. I'm excited to see more of him. Those are my winners of uh, the first preseason game. On to the losers. Got surprised you didn't say Nick Herbig. Oh, well. You know, I already boasted about him enough. I feel like uh, <laughs> people get annoyed about it, so... I can only pick right, three. My, los- my losers. Easiest losers. Good luck finding three better losers than this, Chris. This guy's a loser. He's the biggest loser I've ever seen. This is Kendrick Slow. Green, number one on the board. Bro can't play football. Don't know what he's doing here. Number two <laughs> is James Pierre. <laughs> Don't mind James Pierre, but he gave a perfect pass rating. Boy's getting cooked all night. Uh, I really hope he can improve because our depth in the cornerback area is looking really bad after Corey Trice went down. And my third loser has to be Mitch Trubisky, who went one for four with a pick. And the pick he did was, I get it, you got to go for the deep shot. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get more splash plays. But the better play, like I mentioned earlier, was Calvin Austin on a, a, I guess, deep slant deep crosser over the middle and with his speed i mean who knows what's going to happen with that speed he's already he already had a lot of separation on that so those are definitely my three losers mitch has been kind of up and down in practice uh mason actually kind of sucks in practice but he had a really good game in preseason it'll be interesting to see if mitch keeps sucking in preseason what the depth chart could look like hopefully he doesn't i like mitch good guy but definitely the loser from that game Absolutely. I could not agree more. My losers for the game, I do have to uh, shockingly surprise, you know, agree with you. But uh, Kendrick Green is the top of that list. Uh, and uh, I don't think that needs an explanation. Second on my list is actually Kendrick Green um, oh, as well. Surprise. Yep. Surprise uh, he pick. just, you know, he, he wasn't really doing it for me. Realistically, he right. just uh, played really badly. And third is uh, Green, Ken, wait. Kendra Green again. Um, oh, sleeper! No, really, I like that. Yeah, I like that. yeah, yeah. No, realistically, uh, my my losers aside from Kendra Green, I I did put Cody White on there. I just feel like you know, yeah, it, there were a couple plays that you know that that interception that came on Mitch Trubisky going deep that it could have been fought for a little more, maybe brought down by him. Uh, you know, there and then also the play when right before halftime when he was trying to get out of bounds and make a play and then he got tackled in bounds and we actually lost about 10 seconds off of that play. Uh, <laughs> just not his best move. Uh, I see no. what he was trying to do. He's trying to be AB-esque, but just not there. Uh, and I'm going to pick the other Steeler quarterback, Tanner Morgan. That was just uh, really painful to watch. Granted, I don't know if he really had the, the weapons or the line for him, but I mean, gosh. Or the practice just, time. He had more snaps in this game than oh, practice. It was just, it was awful to watch. So those are my losers of the game heading into uh, week two of the preseason. Now, um, last but not least, um, unless you have something else, Dom, there was something I brought up last week where I said, you know, we scouted a lot of rookies coming into this year. Um, and, you know, we looked up a lot of stats, watched a lot of preseason last week. And I said, hey, I want you to come back here with one player that you wish the Steelers could have brought onto their team. And I'm not saying Mm -hmm. like in replace of a draft pick that we have, I'm just saying if you could take any player that you saw from week one preseason, who would that be to take them and onto the team? So after week one, who's that for you? 
I think I still got to say someone who I've been kind of boasting to you about, and uh, especially because he got drafted so late. This was a guy that you and I had mocked to be our pick number 32 because we thought there's no way we could get past the first round without drafting a cornerback first. Happened to be the other way around. I'm very happy with Roddick Jones, but we thought this would be the only tackle left at pick 32. He ended up going way later to the team I hate the most. But Dewan Jones is a almost seven foot tall behemoth, and he has given up zero pressure so far. And he and where Broderick has not been looking dominant so far, Dewan is looking very dominant, going up going up against very good pass rushers in both the Hall of Fame game and last week. And uh it's it sucks to see him do so well. And I knew he'd be good too. It was weird that he kept dropping when they kept talking about I guess he didn't interview well or people worried about his attitude, but uh, that shit don't matter now because he is balling out and I expect him to probably keep doing so, unfortunately. Oh, I cannot agree more. He looked so good and I hate to say it because it's the Browns, man, and that's nothing against DeWan Jones. I mean, he's just doing his job, but right. the fact that he's <laughs> right. not allowed any pressures or anything, just like, oh, man. How do you get mm-hmm. how do you get past that? He's literally a wall. But no, excellent pick. I agree with that one there. I'd say my player, who I literally at one point, believe it or not, projected him as a possible first rounder. I knew he was never gonna make it because size seemed to be the biggest issue for him. Um, and but I definitely could see him as a second or third round talent. Unfortunately for him, he did not get drafted at all. In fact, he was an undrafted free agent. Uh, and he went to the Minnesota Vikings. The man I'm talking about is Ivan Pace Jr. Uh, mm-hmm. Ivan Pace did a great job. I've been hearing about him all throughout camp and everything, literally just reading about how the Vikings might have found their uh, you know hidden gem. He's, he's so good. He's getting in all the plays. He's with the linebacker ones. Yeah, I knew he would be. He is so good. He's so fast. He's talented. He... Uh, you know, he accounted for six total tackles, four solos on there. I mean, he was just all over the place. And size it was a non-factor. He is fast, and he just, you know, shot through gaps, and he made plays. So, Ivan Pace Jr., I think that's a name that people are going to need to look out for, and, and they'll notice very quickly. Um, but he is the player that I uh, admired in week one. Especially when we got to the seventh round of the draft, I know we drafted Corey Trice and we had big aspirations for him and unfortunately injured again after he had injury history in college. Uh, but but even the second one, like no offense to Spencer Anderson. I know the coaches like him, especially with how versatile he is. I hope he is good, I guess. You know, he's on our team. But I remember you and I were like, yeah. Ivan Pace is still on the board. In the seventh round, you got to get him. And they didn't get him. And I was I shocked. I was blown away. I don't know how we didn't get a linebacker. Oh. oh, speaking of linebackers that we wanted, and I didn't look out for it in the game, so I don't know how good he did, was Trenton Simpson from the Baltimore Ravens. Don't know how good oh, he did. Oh, gosh. Well, I bet you yep. I can find out really quick. Yeah, I have no idea. If you want to wrap it up. But, uh, well, well, Chris is wrapping it up. Why don't we just say, or not, what am I talking about? I'm drunk. While Chris is looking this up, <laughs> what I want to talk about briefly, real quick, it's just a quick preview of the Bills game. I'm just going to give you something I'm looking, um, a quick synopsis of things I'm looking for, and Chris can do the same. Um, for the Bills preseason game this week, this Saturday, here's what I'm looking for. It's week 
two of the preseason. I I think the starters should be playing more. I know, I think the Bills starters are going to be playing. I'm looking to see an improvement from last year when we played the Buffalo Bills because Josh Allen lit us up. So what I'm looking for defensively, I know he can score either. So, I'm, so what I'm looking for defensively from our starters, if they play, if a lot of them play, Pat, Pete, Minka, I don't know who's going to play. I'm hoping some of them do, at least for a little bit, is that they can force Buffalo to punt the ball and Josh Allen to punt the ball. That's what I'm looking for. Even if even if he gets one touchdown, if they come back out for another series, can you stop them at all? That's what I'm looking forward to there for the first-team defense. And the first-team offense for Kenny, keep doing what you're doing last week. I know a lot of people wanted to still doubt Kenny because the Bucks set a bunch of their starters. So I want the Bills to play a lot of their starters. The Bills have a solid defense. Can you drive down the field and score? Even if you don't score a touchdown, can you drive down the field? Can you look confident? And now the now that's going to be even a bigger test because your offense has looked really bad in training camp this week. So I've heard. So can you drive down the field and try to score some points on this Bills defense? Those are the two biggest things I'm looking forward to in this game from a start perspective. I don't know how long the starters are going to, the starters are going to play, but that is probably like some of the biggest those two narratives, I think, from a starter standpoint. Very well said. Totally agree. I'm very much looking forward to this next game. It's a, it's a going to be a telling sign for this team, depending on like who's all playing, how long the starters are out there, everything like that. It's just going to be something to uh, watch. For those of you that do not pay much attention to the preseason, why? That's my question for you. Why don't you? It's literally a <laughs> time that means nothing, but a time for that means everything. Also, at the same time, it's it's free football. Free, stress-free football for the most part. And you can just see how guys do and how they mold as a team and a unit. It's a very exciting time of the year. And, uh, I mean, Dom and I are always so excited for it. So pay close attention. Steelers Week 2 against the Buffalo Bills uh, coming this Saturday. And if there's one player to watch out for, if you just want to focus on one guy who I hope gets a lot of reps because he was hurt last week, that would be Joey Porter Jr., I'm really looking forward to see him play, and I hope he gets a lot of reps. We don't want him to get hurt because we have no freaking depth in the cornerback department, but I really hope he gets a lot of playing time. But that will do it for this week. We'll be back next week to talk about that game, talk about players' performances. Hopefully it's a good one. If not, that's okay. This is the time to grow. This is time to work out the the growing pains because at the end of the preseason, it's going from 90 to 53. Golly, that's a big-time cut. So we will see you guys Next week, you can follow us on all our social media pages. We're uh, on TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube. Growing a lot of subscribers on YouTube, surprisingly. So we are on there. Um, uh, we're on Instagram. Twitter. Twitter. We're on TikTok. OnlyFans. We're on uh, oh. Vine. We're on oh. LimeWire. We're on FrostWire. I'm just kidding. If you torrent our stuff, we will find you and destroy you. (laughs) Uh, uh, That's going to do it for this week. Chris, do you have any last words for the people? As always, go Steelers. Goodbye.